0: With every match, a warrior is born. Step inside the ring. This is the Whip Podcast with your host, devastating Daryl Pace and Deshaun Whipdog Whipple. Three, two, one. Oh, yeah. Dig it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders Podcast, aka The Whip Show. You know what it is? It is me, Deshaun Whip Whipdog Whipple. Oh, yeah, I dig it. Woo. I don't even know yeah. how to do that. Man, but guys, welcome to another edition of the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders Podcast, aka The Whip Show. Y'all know what's happening. Y'all check in each and every week. Thank you for watching the last episodes. You know what to do. Go back and watch them. Go back and watch Gilbert. Go back and watch Dukes the Dumpster, Josie. Watch Vince Russo. Watch John Cena Sr. Watch Super Max Hernandez. Watch the Coach's Corner and Rally with Joe Walker. But, 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 but forget all that. That's in the past. Because right now I got the cream on the crop. (laughs) y'all heard the voice y'all heard the voice i want to introduce this man this man i don't like the term cosplay i don't like the term uh, imitator impersonator i want to just say i want to introduce you to the savage one the macho man how are you doing today brother Mmm, yeah,
1: doing the thing, man. I like the way you think, man. Ain't no cosplay here, man. Ain't no goofing in a costume. What we're talking about is something one step above an impersonator, which I am, the world's greatest, number one macho man impersonator, past, present, and future. But I'm going to take it a step further, and I call myself a tribute performer. Yeah, you like that? Tribute performer.
0: Did you hear that? Tribute performer. So you guys know this is gonna be a great episode today. Now, first things first, man, how are you doing out there, man? Because it's a crazy world. So how are you living, Mach?
1: Man, I'm telling you right now, I'm in Las Vegas. You want to talk about crazy, man? I live in the, I live in the center of we are like on the sun. You know what I'm saying? Like it is hot. It is hot as uh hot can be, about 110 degrees here today. And, uh, yeah, where are you, where are you located? Because uh...
0: well, it's still a little warm here. I'm located in Detroit, Michigan. The thing oh. is, it's going to be a – I only got a month left. It'll be cold here. But you guys, that's why I go to Vegas all the time. I call Vegas my second home, the 702, right. baby. I love it. That's I right. love it. Now, I got to tell you, Mach, tribute performer – you got a lot to live up to because I've already had Santana Jackson. If you're familiar with him, he's from Vegas. He is a friend of mine. That is my boy. We act, I'm also in the local pro wrestling scene. We brought him out to Detroit to do a couple shows with us. I'm going to tell you, that's my guy, Mr. MJ Live. i right. had another one of your friends on the show. My man, Randy Hogan, the Mega Powers Unite.
1: Right. Me and Randy have done some things together. Did the Mega Powers 2.0
0: deal. Let's go. Let's go. And I've even brought in, oh yeah, baby, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, Mr. Mike Romande. He's the Dusty Rhodes tribute artist. So another
1: another great guy that that I uh, I just I happen to meet him at some of the uh, the conventions out there on the East Coast. So uh, I got familiar with him. We're friends on Facebook now. I love what he does. I love what Santana is a great guy. Besides, forget about the talent that he has, you know, in the ring, on stage. I mean, the guy is just like, uh, you know, put all that aside. He's a great human being. You know what I mean? Great guy. You know that.
0: That is real talk. I just real quick to say it, and I shout out him all the time. He came on here. He gave some words for inspiration, man. So like you said, because just real quick, and if y'all ever get a chance, make sure you take out Santana Jackson, MJ Live, wherever he's at. I mean, he goes to children's hospitals. Like this right. man does magic for kids. He's a great guy. Um, right. But with that being said, man, I heard all of their stories of <laughs> what made them fall oh, in oh, love sorry. with. Sorry. Oh, no problem, <laughs> brother. What made them fall in love with their favorite wrestler? How did you, wait a minute. I know, is that the IC title behind you? you
1: got, uh, yeah, well, actually there's the, uh,
0: you know, both titles, man, that I have won. Uh, of course, the
1: wing, the Eagle Wing title here
0: and the Intercontinental title, man, of course, all part of my gimmick, man. See, fam? <laughs> That's why you should not only listen to the audio version of this show, you should also make sure you watch the YouTube version, because you know we're everywhere. Oh, of course. But oh, I gotta. Yeah, ask- this, is, this is definitely a visual
1: thing as well as an audio thing, man. You can't just have one with me, you know what I'm saying? You got to see it to believe
0: it. Uh, now I got to ask you, what was your start with, before we even go to match, what was your start with the love of pro wrestling in general?
1: Well, here's the deal, man. Um, Just like everybody else, man, it just happened to be on in the background. You know, I'm a wrong place, wrong time TV set back there, and all of a sudden, man, you know, I got a glimpse of uh, was it was WrestleMania One. My dad was watching a a VHS tape of of uh, WrestleMania One. I believe it was shortly. It was shortly after WrestleMania One. It might have even it was in '85 or '86. I'm not exactly sure. But that was my first taste of hearing the crowd and um, and then taking a glimpse over and seeing what was going on in Madison Square Garden, packed and Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. And I was a huge Mr. T fan, see? So I look on the screen and I see Mr. T and I'm like, oh, that's Mr. T, he's my favorite from the A team. And then I see Hulk Hogan and he's like this huge, larger than life, you know, monster. But the thing that got me, man, the thing that got me was the sound that crowd going nuts, man. I, I got, I get goosebumps when I even mention the sound that I, I hear it in my head, you know, that sound of an audience, man, going crazy, whether they're booing or cheering or whatever, just that loud eruption. And that was the first thing that I heard. And then I turned and I saw Hulk Hogan and Mr. T and just saw, you know, Madison Square Garden packed and everything. So that was, that was where I first fell in love with wrestling, but I took it a step further because I don't know, some, some people, a lot of people do know this, but I'm new to your your audience. So uh, I was actually a professional wrestler way before I was doing this match thing. Um, and I don't mean I just dabbled in it. I had a 15-year career under the name Vic Divine. So when I saw wrestling for the first time, I didn't only say, wow, what is that? I, I'm a huge fan of this. I looked at it and said, okay, whatever the hell it is that I'm watching, I'm going to be a part of that. And that's exactly what I did.
0: Yo, why did you tell me that? I'm going to send this video to my promoter. You coming in. We're bringing Santana back in October. We're bringing Delphi in. We're going to talk. We're going to find your rate. I got to make a disclaimer,
1: though. I can't wrestle anymore. But I could, you know, I could could entertain like nobody's business. But I got the uh, spinal stenosis thing telling me not to get in the ring and do dumb things no more.
0: No worries, man. We got you, baby. We just need your visual, just like right you know, now, man. Right I'm, gonna, now. I'm texting them right now. We're gonna talk. Love it. But, but anyway, with, with that being said, so you just talked about you did get injured, but you still love the business. Well, what made you transition? Because I mean, listen, like I said, I'm a former pro wrestler, all I do is commentate now. I do radio here, but I still love the business. But what made you transition from in-ring to saying, you know what? I love Macho Man Ready Savage. I really want to embody him and keep that going. And I want to stay in entertainment business.
1: Well, the thing is, is that uh, for some reason, somehow, I've been able to do this Macho Man impression since I was like 10 years old. For some reason, I was able to do this thing with my voice before I even had a voice, before I hit puberty, before I ever had a deep voice, I was able to do the whole, you know, thing. And it's gotten better now that I'm older and I know how to, you know, manipulate my voice and everything. But I was doing it in junior high, man. So I, you know, the first time I saw a macho man, I just like, you know, there's so much about him to to mimic, you know, the voice, the mannerisms, everything. So um, it, that's how it, it, it kind of like, it was just something that I, became good I became good at impressions and I was like not only with him I do other impressions as well but with him it was like um it was almost like so easy to do him because there was so much to to uh to impersonate you know what I mean there's just so much character that you know I can't do an imitation of like you know my next door neighbor you know what I mean because there's (laughs) nothing you know what I mean there's nothing character about him you know what I mean But everybody does a Macho Man impression, bad or good, but everybody could do one. Everybody could do this. Everybody could do the, uh, you know. But um, I just happen to be like, uh, you know, really, 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 really good at it.
0: Almost like you're the cream of the crop. I am the cream
1: of the crop, yeah. And the funny thing is, is that then the older that I got, Next thing you know, when I start, you know, because I did the Macho Man thing for Halloween a few times, right? I put on the gimmick and I put on the glasses and, you know, the wig and the bandana and I'm like, okay, you know. But as I got older, man, I actually started to, like, started to look like him. I have pictures of me that are, like, dead ring or just the, the, the facial expressions that I'm making or, you know, when I don't have my glasses on and I put my blue contact lenses in and I, you know, give that madness look, you know what I mean? It's like... So I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I used to be, I used to be really, really good looking, and now, uh, now I just look like Macho Man. And, and he, he, he had to have been a good-looking guy because he was, uh, he did okay with the ladies,
0: man. Hey, if they know the history, he definitely did, man. Right, man. Sure, oh, man. So I gotta ask you. I've seen the videos. I've seen how you get down, but Macho Man was a flashy mofo. Are you able to really compete with Macho Man? You know about how the robes work. You know about how the attire. I mean, that's got to be a hell of an investment as being a Macho Man tribute artist. Well, you know what, man?
1: You do it like this, man. When I first started, I made my own costume. I'm going to show you something real quick. I'm going to show you a prototype of uh, the first jacket that I that I made. And what I did was I went to Goodwill and I bought a black leather jacket. And then I went to the dollar store. And what I did was I just double stick tape and, and arts and craftsy type things. And I stuck these things. It's all beat up now. At one time, it actually looked halfway decent. This here, these fringe, man, this is from uh at the dollar store, they had this um like a, a tablecloth that was like a luau, like a for a theme, a, a luau theme party type of thing, you know what I mean? For uh for summertime. So I bought all this stuff here and I just taped it on with this neon tape and uh and I made my first you know my first macho man costume and then basically whenever I make money doing gigs I take that money and I reinvest it so I keep very close track of okay if I made this much money doing a macho man thing I'm going to take this much money and put it back into doing you know buying another outfit or buying work and i'm at goodwill all the time man i find fabric i find i go in the women's section and i find stuff with like glitter and all kinds of sequins and stuff and i go all right well this blouse here is five bucks there's a lot of material here i could give this to you know i have people that uh friends of mine that that uh because i live in las vegas and i used to work in a show and there was a wardrobe department so i made some good friends that have a lot of uh creative skills and uh, so basically, everything is like you know, made by people that I'm. You know, they they charge me, but they don't charge me what it would cost me to try to get you know, yeah. like uh, his guy Michael Braun. You know, he yeah. he, uh, I'd love to get something made by him, but I'm uh, I'm afraid of what he uh, what he might charge.
0: For sure, yo fans, I want y'all to make sure y'all picked up what he just dropped. He also said he invested in himself. That is very important. Never forget that. Whatever your business is, invest in yourself, man. With that being said, man, I gotta ask you, what is your favorite macho man moment that you watched? Like, what was the moment that was like, was it WrestleMania 3? A lot of people point to that. Is it that, or was it something else that was? Um, I can't remember the exact promo
1: that I saw, but I know that it was a promo rather than a match, the first time that I discovered Macho Man. Because remember, WrestleMania 1 was the first time I saw wrestling, but Macho Man wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. So I never saw him until I started to discover where I could see this wrestling. And I'm turning on Saturday mornings and finding, you know, uh, WWF Challenge and WWF Superstars, you know, Saturday and Sunday morning with your cereal. And I'm sitting there just watching every, and I just saw Macho Man cutting a promo and I just remember seeing sequence and I just remember the big glasses and I remember the voice and I can't remember what promo it was but as soon as I saw that guy I was a Hulkamaniac at first I'm not gonna lie I was a big time Hulkamaniac man because you know Hulk Hogan was teaming with Mr. T my favorite and now my you know my favorite guy from TV is with like no, okay this guy's got to be my favorite wrestler uh. you know and, uh, but as soon as I saw Macho Man, I was like, I don't know, man. Ulster's not as, uh, <laughs> you know, some, uh, you know, and, um, and that's what it was. It was definitely a promo, but I can tell you my favorite promo out of all the promos and believe me, I've seen them all out of all the promos, man. I really love the, the whole series of promos when he was uh, warming up, uh, getting uh, ready for WrestleMania five with, with the mega powers exploding, um, you know, every week, He would come on and say, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan. You say you love me like a brother. You know what I mean. And it it was like week after week of of him doing promos, talking about how much he hated Hulk Hogan. And then that one where he took off his glasses and he said, you know, he said something like uh, something to get me to my boiling point. That was that was I think that was like the name of the if you had to put a title on the uh, on the promo. And he took off his glasses, man, and he was, like, right in the camera, like, you know, and his eyes were crazy, like, bloodshot, you know, just the blue in his eyes and everything, and he just looked madness. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, that that promo right there is my favorite Macho Man promo for sure. Yeah, on top of the cream of the crop and the, uh, you know, cup of coffee in the big time, all those you got lust in your eyes, Hogan.
0: Oh my exactly, god! that one. Woo! That one, man. You, you're giving me goosebumps now, man. Right? Yeah, I feel it, man. Woo! I feel
1: it. I got Woo! it, man.
0: Seriously,
1: look at it. I got goosebumps,
0: brother. Now I gotta tell you, man. That's another thing, man. About Macho Man. Like I just said, he was very committed to his outfits. But you just talked about the characterization. Macho Man lived. The Macho Man character. If you know anything about his history, he pretty much was. Watch 24-7. Right. But like, what you're doing is tribute artists. What would you tell fans on the outside about being committed to what you're doing? Like how you are committed to this? Like really understanding. Go hard, go all the way in.
1: I'll tell you, man, with anything. And I was the same way when it came to wrestling. And when I was done wrestling, I, I kind of went into acting a little bit. I moved to LA and I was doing the acting thing and taking that real serious no matter what it is that you do, and I don't care how many times you change your mind about what you want to do. When you put an idea in your head, if you're, not, if you're not willing to go 110%, just remember that somebody else is. You know, Don't compete with other people. Compete with yourself, but know that other people are going to be working their asses off as hard as they possibly can. So you better be doing the same thing. I know There is not one person that can ever say that they're the number one Macho Man impersonator, past, present, future. I own that title because I earned it because not only because of my talent, but because of what I'm doing with it. I am, I'm, I have hired a branding company. I am starting this whole Mach brand. I'm talking merchandise. I'm talking motivational speaking. I'm talking stand-up comedy. I'm talking like everything that I could possibly do and put it underneath this umbrella and, and I'm taking it real serious, man. So Whatever it is in your life that you want to do, there's a million and one excuses, man. You know, oh, well, I would love to, you know, pursue my my passion in, uh, you know, photography, but I have this steady job and that's what, you know, I know I get my paycheck. Fuck that. There, ooh, no, there is no it. steady. You know what I mean? COVID hit and all of a sudden everybody who thought they had a, had a steady job for 30 years, somebody be working at a job for 30 years and all of a sudden it's gone. Sorry. Can't, you know, can't pay you no more. Go after what you love, man. Pursue it. Here's the thing. Find your passion, get good at your passion, and monetize your passion. Boom. That's life right there.
0: Hey, y'all, the man's been dropping gems all night. I hope you guys are listening to what this man is giving you right now. Now, whoa! so much fire. Now, with that being said, next question. You do a lot of comic conventions and personal appearances. If you could pick one or two, that were your favorite, convinces or appearances that you've done. Let me hear. Them.
1: Well, um, I don't think I've done my favorite yet because there's been, there's always been some type of a situation every time that I, you know, it's the wrestling business, so it's kind of like whether it's uh, whether you're dealing with promoters or you're dealing with vendors, and it, it's always going to be, you know, probably. Uh, you're lucky if it's 50-50, good and bad, but most of the time you end up with like some type of more of a headache than a, than a good time. Um, I could tell you one time, one of the first gigs that I did actually wasn't a Comic Con. One of the first gigs that I got hired to do when I like first started this Match thing, and all of a sudden I get a I get a message on Facebook. There was a couple in New Jersey and they wanted much oh man to marry them. And I had just gotten ordained. I started thinking of all these ideas, what can I do? I live in Vegas. Somebody's gonna want Macho Man to marry them. So I went online, did this whole, like, you know, it's really nothing, man. You pay like $30 and you get a piece of paper says you're an ordained minister. It's like anybody could do it, honestly. And um, they asked me, they said, are you ordained? You do the whole gimmick, you do the whole, you know, and I spoke to them on the phone and they loved me. They flew me out to New Jersey. I married them. They were the greatest couple. He came he came out to Stone Cold's music that was in the wedding. I mean, they were huge wrestling bands, bro. I was having the time of my life. So not only did I marry them, I ended up like volunteering to MC the whole reception and be on the mic the whole time and just making everybody have a good time. And I had the greatest time. They let me, you know, I ate, I drank, I you know, just partied with them. I met some of the girls that were there. The way you know, no much doing his thing. You know what I mean? And uh, that that probably is my favorite um, uh, event that I that I've gotten booked for so far.
0: Man, dog, that is freaking awesome, dog! Woo. Yeah, that's what that's the type of stuff I like to hear, man. That's what I like to hear. But much
1: we, better than a convention,
0: uh, I can imagine. I'm. Mm, We'll have to talk about that off off, off, right. off the air one day. Yeah. Right, you know the deal. Boy. But with that being said, it's time for our first segment. And it's called the mark out moment. Now, Uh-oh. when I say mark out moment, that doesn't mean you happen to see a wrestler and you're like, ah, oh, my God, I saw whoever. No. But that moment that you might have just been at an event or maybe in your wrestling days and you, were, and you were maybe in a locker room with somebody or hanging out with somebody, you're like, damn. I'm really kicking it with Hogan or mm. I'm really going to the bar with Ric Flair. Have you ever had a moment that was your mark out moment, Mosh?
1: Well, you know, the first thing that I was taught before I ever even stepping foot in a wrestling ring, I was trained to once you become a wrestler, once you are on this side of the barricade, you are no longer a fan. You are now choosing one or the other. I was really—it was drilled into me that you know you don't mark out for anybody, and they—they they taught me what that meant. You know, um, I don't care who you're in a locker room with. You don't ever ask anybody for a picture. You don't ever ask anybody for an autograph. To this day, I don't have anybody's autograph or pictures with them. I will—I—I've never, even doing these comic cons, I—I I meet people, and it would be great for my social media to take a picture with somebody, and I have a very hard time going up to somebody and getting pictures with them because of what was drilled into my head. So. Deep down inside, I I should have so many um, mark-out moments. I've wrestled guys that – I've wrestled uh, Tito Santana. I've wrestled uh, Tony Atlas. Um, I I wrestled Sid Vicious. That was probably – that was early on in my career, and I had a a match in my hometown uh, that I wasn't even originally booked on the show. I kind of came in with the guy that trained me. And, um, so that was kind of, I would say that was a mark out moment because not only was I now like wrestling in front of people that knew me, but I was wrestling somebody who had just come off TV that everybody knew. It was kind of like, he was kind of the main event, the main star and something happened where whoever he was supposed to wrestle, that something happened, blah, blah, blah. They needed somebody to fill, you know, fill in. And there I was brand new, you know, nervous as shit, you know, and, um, so getting powerbombed and, uh, and, uh, and chokeslammed by Sid Vicious in my backyard, uh, you know, in my hometown, and my dad being in the audience, and some friends being in the audience, I'd say that was a pretty cool mark-out moment.
0: Sweet, sweet, man. Who Who trained you? I just heard you talk. Who, who, who did train you? Um, originally, I was trained
1: by a guy by the name of uh, Vinny Magnetti, he went by the name of Shark Attack Kid way back in the uh, late 90s. Um, his friend uh, also a he had a couple friends down where we trained in Brooklyn uh because I'm originally from New York um Tiger Khan was one of the guys that was kind of like uh a co a co-trainer um and then from there uh I moved around I went to uh Gino Caruso's school in New Jersey and uh you know he he didn't do a whole lot of the training he ran the facility and I learned a lot from a lot of the uh the 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 veteran students there and we, you know, they became my teachers and they became my friends and they became my, my way of getting out on the Indies. Um, And then from there, the best training that I, that I had was uh, I moved down to OVW in 2005, um, down in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was trained by Rip Rogers and Al Snow. And, you know, you know, uh, if you're, if, if those guys, those two names are in your, you know, list of, of people that have helped train you. you, you just can't get any better than that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Rip Rogers trained every star that there is that is still going strong today.
0: That is a fact. So if y'all fans hey, if you want to get trained, everybody's not going to be able to go straight to the performance center. But Rip right. Rogers, trust me, yes, and Al Snow, yes. that's, let that's me, what. Let me tell
1: you. Get. You're gonna you're gonna get better training by Al Snow and Rip Rogers than you ever would down at the Performance Center. The Performance Center teaches you how to wrestle for WWE, teaches you how to work, you know, TV, how to do things on certain angles, this and that. If you want to learn how to wrestle, if you want to learn how to work, if you want to learn how to, you know, psychology and and promos and this that everything. I mean, um, I don't know if Rip is still doing any of the training down at OVW but Al owns OVW now so if you're looking to go get the best training um depending on where you live um another option would be to go to uh if you live in the Tennessee area um Dr. Tom uh Tom Pritchard and Kane own uh a school in uh in Knoxville Tennessee and I mean you again Tom Pritchard is another one that if you could learn from Tom Pritchard you're you're already, if you've learned one thing from Tom Pritchard, you're already better than, than most guys that you know have been trained by whoever.
0: Man, that is true. Facts. Funny story about Rip Rogers and myself in my wrestling days. I thought I was pretty damn good. So I went to Rip Rogers and they gave me a tryout in OVW. And I learned I had a long way still to go. You know what I'm saying? Because you're sure. right. He gets people together, man. And that was a good thing. And same mm-hmm. way with Dr. Tom Pritchard, man. And no, but I'm gonna tell you, listening to you. You were wrong with were old school training, not the new right. age, you know, shiny fucking weight cut wait gym. I mean old school, kick you in your ass type training. You know what I'm talking about. Oh,
1: yeah. It was great, man. I mean, like uh I don't I don't think that I don't think that kids today can uh, you know, because I am old school and I'm old and uh you know I it was a long time ago. Me, I you know, when were you when were you uh down with uh with
0: I got trained about 98, 99, so I was okay. with rip around 2004, 2005, maybe a little bit after. No, about 2008, 2009. Oh, okay, because I was down
1: there. I was going to say, man, it'd be crazy if me and you knew each other from OVW because yeah, I was he, there 2000,
0: he brought 2005 us in, to 2007. He brought me and my partner in for a tryout. I, he, and I'm going to be honest. I'm mean, be totally transparent since so we're talking. He was telling me, like, get, get your weight <laughs> together. All You know, little things like that. You know, just being loud, but not knowing how to actually say your words to where it means something to people. All those right. little things were things I had never thought about because in my personal area, and by the way, fans, that's another thing, stop just wrestling in your area. Absolutely. Go out there. Go out there. Because the people see your area, they know you. They're kind of uh, conditioned to like you. But when you right. go to another area and pop their people, that's when you know you're doing something. Just my two cents. And-
1: If you're working in your area, you're probably working the same guys that you've worked a million times. You're not learning. You're not getting any better. You know what I mean? That was the whole point of the territory system. That's why wrestlers were good, because they were working different territories and different wrestlers. Now, what happens is the performance center, you're down there and you're wrestling and training with the same guys. Have you ever noticed that everybody that comes out of the performance center wrestles and moves and does promos and speaks like they're robots they all are cookie cutter exact same. you know they're not learning from anything you know they got to get out they got to get out and and work everywhere in every you know different styles you know what i mean you can go to puerto rico you can go to japan you can go to mexico i mean those are the guys that were really good man you
0: know what i mean bro let me tell you something And then if you ever notice, a lot of times, once they get fired, they go out there on independent and they really get exposed. I'm not going to say the worker's name, but I never get, you know how they do, they bring a name in, they put them on the top of the indie show. He literally is wrestling one of our guys and he was telling him, you know, we're going to go into an arm drag. The star, again, I'm not going to say his name, was like, oh man, how do I go into that? See, see how you just deflated to say this This man had been making whatever his contract was but didn't even realize how to go into the spot that finished off with an arm drag. And Lily had to ask. Now, granted, he looked amazing body-wise, cookie cutter, but it was like, right. bro, you totally got exposed. You know what I mean? An arm drag.
1: I mean, come on, man. It's like, uh, it's like that is one of the first basic, you know, an arm drag and a hip toss. Those are the first bumps that you learn how to how to take, how to give them. We, you know, we used to do drills, man. You line up and then somebody right. standing in the in the middle of the ring and somebody would, you know, arm drag, next person, arm drag. So you learn how to take it and give it. And if you don't know how to get into it or out of it or uh, use the word star, uh,
0: exactly. very I, loosely. I want to say the spot, and it was a basic spot, the, the normal international tackle drop town. but I think he hit him with a hip a, arm drag. And he didn't know how to go to the arm drag from the drop-down, get up, boom. I know how you're shaking your head. And that's why I try to, me personally, I try to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. It's already bad enough that a lot of the guys you see now look like little kids. That's neither here nor there. But you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. They don't even look like grown men anymore. That hurts me,
1: bro. Don't get me started on that subject, man. Believe me, I cannot stand. And and it's supposed to look believable when you see a guy like Jungle Boy versus a guy like Wardlow. And or you know what I mean, just using those two as an example. Like in a real situation, a real fight situation, I don't care how good of a wrestler this 120 pound kid is. The minute somebody Wardlow's size gets his hands, he could do whatever he wants with you. You know what I mean? There is no there's no competition there. There's nothing believable about that. Look like an athlete at least. If you're small, that's okay. Yes look like an athlete don't look sloppy like there's guys like kevin owens there's guys like sammy Zayn that i cannot stand looking at because here's the thing if i went to the grocery store and i saw either one of those guys working behind the counter at the, at the deli or you know ringing up people or bagging somebody's groceries it looks like it fits yep. okay now years and years after i was done wrestling i still get people asking me if i'm a wrestler you know without the whole gimmick on you know what i mean like this is a wig this is a bit you know what i mean like just the way that i carry myself my size i'm, I'm gonna be 48 years old in november and i'm 2, 207 right now and i'm not talking uh chopped liver you know what i'm saying but i look like an athlete and i'm not even doing anything with it there's no reason for a guy who's on tv every week mm-hmm calling himself a superstar and looks like he's never seen the inside of a gym and then on top of it on top of it your ring gear is uh-huh. ring gear you're Dog. wearing i mean basically what i'm wearing right now is a pair of uh, you know gym shorts and a t-shirt why is anybody's
0: wrestling gear what i'm wearing right now i'm watching the show and i'm like bro does anybody own wrestling boots anymore right you know, you know, they got mad. I'm glad you went here. They got mad at Roman because Roman said he looks at some of these people, he, you know, and a, a lot of us wrestlers were bouncers at some point in our career. Right. And he was right. like, man, I would throw their asses out the... <laughs> I can, I know I would throw them guys out the bar without a problem. You see, right. since you brought names up, you see guys like the Young Bucks, and I'm going to be honest, no one to see him punch his ass in the face because he probably had no fear of this guy because, you know, as a man, Not saying we're ever scared, but when you know you look at another man, there's certain men you like you assess the situation before you go, you know what I mean? Knock their ass right, right. Most of these guys, like you said, some of them Sammy Zayn, them you're like, bro, man, get your ass out the kitchen. Woo, So you're gonna get us off on a tangent, baby. (laughs) I know, I know know what you talking about, man. Oh, That's why man. I'm always
1: afraid to do podcasts because when, when my real feelings start coming out, man, it's like, you know, I'm doing the match thing, but Inside Mach is a, is a real passionate, you know, former wrestler. You know what I mean? That uh, I'm still very passionate about the wrestling business itself and what's happening with it, not the product. I do not watch. Um, I don't watch AEW. I don't watch uh, WWE. Through my scrolling on social media, I'll hear about what's going on, and I'm more interested in what's going on inside the the actual industry yeah as uh, you know more than what's going on on who's feuding with who i don't really care you know what i mean it's all it's it all sucks (laughs) you know what i mean
0: it's definitely a hard watch these days if you Mm. especially if you grew up on wrestling from the late 80s 90s you know you know it's a hard one but speaking of that man i do want to and i don't want to bring us down too far on a somber note but you know but i do got to ask this man um do you remember where you were when you found out the macho past? Um, I
1: don't remember the exact place, but I do remember that it hit me in a really weird way because, um, you know, by that time, I was already kind of like done with, uh, I was done wrestling. I was done um, watching wrestling. You know, I wasn't really a fan per se, you know, always going to have a passion for it, but I wasn't right. a fan um and uh i was a huge macho man fan in the in the 80s and and early 90s when the new generation thing happened i started to become more of a fan of the newer guys like Shawn Michaels and Diesel and those guys that were coming in and and all the guys that left to go over to WCW like Mach and Hogan i just kind of like stopped being a fan of theirs so it was kind of like i wasn't really a wasn't really a, a macho man fan um I, I can't say I wasn't a fan, but I, I kind of like stopped paying attention to, to him even when he was still on TV. And okay. now this is going 2011 when, you know, he's way, way done. You know, I mean, I hadn't heard his name in forever. I never even bothered to see what he's up to or, you know, I didn't even know if he was still, you know, alive or whatever. I just, it just, you know, it, it wasn't really like, uh, um, I don't want to say it wasn't an interest of mine, but it was like, uh, you know, you, you grew up and you kind of grew out of certain yeah. certain guys and whatever like that. But when his name came up and when when I heard it, at first, you know, I, it was probably on social media. I was probably scrolling along and saw it. And, uh, you know, you see things all the time, you know, these, uh, they're hopes, you know yeah. what I mean? This person's dead, this, whatever. I saw it once and I was like, oh, my God. And all of a sudden, like, the, the you know, the 12-year-old in me, you know what I mean? Like. I, I felt a pain but like, like, it was really weird, man. It was, like, a pain from my childhood. It was, like, no, that can't be true, you know? And, um, and then people started to, because they knew what a huge Macho Man fan that I was when I was a kid, and they knew the impression, you know, people from high school and stuff like that, that yeah. knew me doing the voice in the hallways and stuff. I started to get phone calls from people, you know, telling me, like, like, as if, uh, you know, as if he was, like, family to me or something, you know what I mean? And they're like, hey, man, did you hear? And I'm like, is this true? And they're like, yeah. And then I just kept on seeing it, you know, CNN and on the news and, the, you know, this. And when it became real, I actually, like, I cried, man, because it was like, like, I know that I wasn't a fan for, for this whole time. I didn't even know what he looked like these days, you know, when I saw the picture of him with the gray beard. And yeah. I was like, you know, but something it was like it was like it it hit me hard and it hurt man you know and then that's when i started to do the tribute thing it was almost like um, i just i remember i hadn't done the macho man thing for halloween in a while i used to do it pretty often i was always doing a wrestler for halloween even into my 30s and 40s i'd go to a club and try to win a contest or something you know but i i enjoyed the kid in me enjoyed halloween and dressing up you know so I said when I found out that he passed away, I said, I'm I'm gonna be Macho Man for Halloween and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it big, you know, and I just and then I started doing the voice again because I, I hadn't done it in so long, you know? Yeah. And it was like almost a weird type of when I realized that it was real, man, it was almost as if like a a, a a part of his like spirit like like you know got into me, man. It was that sounds really weird, but it was all of a sudden that's all I could think about. Was Macho Man. All I could think about is my childhood. All I could think about is me doing the impression. All I could think about is like looking at myself and going, Jesus, man, I freaking look like the guy now, you know? Yeah. And I man. just said, you know what? This is what I'm supposed to be doing then. I'm carrying on the legacy, you know? Yeah.
0: That's, that's, man. Yeah. Just rest in peace, Mach, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll sit here, and listen to you talk though, man. You kind of already answered my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Which era? Of Macho, were you more of a fan of the WrestleMania three Macho Man Savage era, the Macho King, or the NWO Macho Madness era?
1: Well, you know the funny thing is, it was definitely like the '80s. You know, the '80s Mach with the sequence, uh, the the uh, the uh, the capes and the and the robes and all that. Um, when he got into doing the, uh, and I, I liked the Macho King thing, but it was around that time when he started to do the cowboy hat and the fringe, yeah. I didn't like that style. And that was around the same time that he was kind of like becoming less interesting and guys like Shawn Michaels, I was a huge Shawn Michaels fan. I was like, wow, this guy's cool. Like this is the new cool, you know, Macho Man was cool, but now you got this guy and he's like a ladies, man, you know, he could get any chick he wants. He's the heartbreak kid. And, you know, and, um. But when, when he was doing the whole cowboy hat thing, I lost interest. And then when he went to WCW, I didn't watch WCW. I didn't, I didn't like WCW. I was a I was a hardcore WWF guy. And um, it wasn't until the NWO, you know, you start to hear things from other wrestling fans or whatever like that. And now I'm hearing about this NWO and that, you know, Macho Man happened to be one of those NWO guys. And I'm like, Oh wow, he looks pretty cool in black and white. And you know when he started to change up the the, the fringe thing, and he was looking a little bit more like like serious, you know. Yeah. And um, so it's weird. It's like I like all the versions, and I really like that '99 version, man. When he came back all jacked and his hair slicked back, Woo! and he just looked yeah. like a badass, man. You
0: know. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I, I would say my first favorite is definitely the '80s. You know, the uh the um like this look here. You know, the big glasses and everything, and the you know, especially when he was with Elizabeth, when he was a heel and he's like, you know, it's it's bad to say, but I, I enjoyed watching him like, you know, get in her face and <laughs> being so timid and everything. Just, you know, knowing now that that was like, he was probably so nice, you know, I mean, he gets all this, uh, everybody seems to think that they know him, you know what I mean? And I'm sure he was overprotective and everything, but. You know, you, you got your you got your woman in the wrestling business. You better be overprotective because the wrestling business is full of scumbags. <laughs> Ooh,
0: facts. Mm, a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. That that'll be like a masterclass we could have over just talking about the business and the dirtiness of it, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Man, so I'm looking at your shirt and I've seen the promo Savage Midlife. Right. Um, and I've even seen some pictures with I miss Paula Abdul, the legend herself. Absolutely, I want you to tell my people what's that all about if they don't know.
1: Well, here's the deal, man. There was a movie being made out in Portland, Oregon, and uh, was contacted. Um, the The character is basically, uh, in case you haven't seen some of the pictures, and uh, it's they needed somebody that was, you know, Randy Savage esque. Mixed with Abraham Lincoln, I don't know how you get that combination, but that's what they wanted, right? So I had the match thing down. So you know, we shaved off the mustache, and I had the Abraham Lincoln beard, and they put on a, a hat like this year. Ah! This is just one of their gimmick hats that I nice. they gave me. But um and um and Paul Abdul was playing the uh, uh, Mary Todd was basically my Miss Elizabeth. So we uh, – I just got real, real lucky that I happened to be able to do the greatest Macho Man impersonation, and I was able to transform it into a, a different type of Macho Man. And um, I had no idea when I first got signed on to it. I had no idea that Paul Abdul was even – you know, that, that she was going to be in it and I was going to have scenes with her, and it, it just – you know – as as things are progressing i'm finding this out you know what i mean and i'm like wow that's pretty damn cool so um so check it out you can uh just just you know hashtag uh savage midlife it'll tell you as much as you're gonna know right now i mean as far as when it comes out and and all that we don't know nothing yet you know it's it's still in uh you know editing and post-production and all that kind of stuff but uh but I had an absolutely amazing time, and Paula Abdul is just the sweetest person. Uh, it just—it's still mind-boggling to me how I'm standing there, and I'm doing a scene with her. You know, it's—it's it's 2022, but I'm standing there with like 1989 Paula. She doesn't age.
0: That's what I was going to ask you. I saw I'm the still... pictures, and I'm like, she got—she's still fire, still fire, right. bro unbelievable
1: yeah. man and you would think like okay it's photoshopped it's uh filters it's this th- no in person i'm looking right at her and she's right here and i'm like how the hell is it possible like she really has not aged she's got to be a vampire man and she's the cutest tiniest little thing you know you sometimes you can't tell you know on videos or whatever like that man but she's so little she's so cute um, and just the sweetest person, man. She just wanted to make everybody happy, and she wanted to do the best job she could. And, and she's taking acting real serious. You know, it's really like the next chapter she's done. You know, she was a cheerleader. She was a dancer. She was a singer, a pop star. And now, you know, she she wants to get into the acting thing and really take it serious and see where it takes her, man. And she is a damn good actress, too.
0: Awesome, man. I want you to scoot back one more time. Show them the shirt so I, so they can make sure they get it on camera. Ooh. That, oh, is, sure, me. that is Savage Midlife, guys. Make sure, like you said, savage you check midlife. it out. Check it Raging out. Raging
1: Abe. Raging Abe is the character. That's me.
0: Now, I want to go to my towards my final segment before we get out of here. And this segment is called Book Yourself. Wow. Now, well, Book Yourself is really simple. You know, I know you said you obviously you were hurt in the past, but let's say that never happened. If you were to take yourself, um, whether as much or your previous uh, character and put yourself in current pro wrestling, past pro wrestling, future pro wrestling, and with a, some type of a storyline or quick angle, where would you, macho man, book yourself?
1: Well, I've told, it's funny that we were talking about Santana Jackson, and i told him this, that if I ever was able to do one more match, if my body would allow me to do it, I would definitely want to have a, a hell of an entertaining match with him, you know, because it's not about the wrestling, you know, you have the the world's greatest Michael Jackson impersonator and the world's greatest macho man impersonator, the things that we could do in that ring to make, an audience laugh and, and, you know, just entertain the shit out of them without us hardly having to do anything. He, he, he you know, of course he'd take all the bumps and everything. He knows that, <laughs> you know, that's all. and he even said it, dude, let's do it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? I'll do everything. I'll take all the bumps. I'm like, dude, I can't, I can, I can hurt myself getting into the ring. Like literally, you know what I mean? Um, so I told him, you know, that, that is definitely, uh, having a match with him, um, somewhere like uh like at the cauliflower alley club uh reunion here in vegas where you know it's it's all in front of wrestlers and wrestling fans and it's all wrestling you know what i mean um that that would definitely be uh a match that i would book myself i would like to book myself um i think um I did, I was thinking about it the other day because every, you know, from time to time, man, I'm always thinking, you know, I'll be watching some old stuff or something and I'll be like, oh man, I, I, I could do one more match, you know, and then I, and then I sneeze and I'm like, no, I can't, you know, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, there, there's, there's a few people that I, you know, if I was going to go in there, I'd have to be real comfortable and trust who I'm in there with. And I could tell you that another opponent that I would feel absolutely as, as crazy as his stuff looks and everything good friend of mine, Crowbar. Um, he's actually a uh a physical therapist and he knows he's actually helped me with my injuries and stuff, even just through um uh through like uh Skype or you know whatever uh video um, FaceTime, you know. Yeah. Um like he would tell me, you know, like I tell him, well my physical therapist told me to do this. And he's like, no don't do that. You know what I mean? And I'm showing him the exercises and stuff for my back. Um, I would feel completely safe getting my ass, you know, thrown around by him. Wow! Nice. So I'd book myself with him.
0: Salute the crowbar, man, for real. Yeah, for real.
1: good dude, man. If you ever have a chance to get him on, uh, he's just just super. You don't find too many people in the wrestling business that are genuine, good, good-hearted people, and uh, he's somebody that you know I met in wrestling, and I'm just still friends with him. Uh, you know, we're not, like, buddies, like, best friends. We're, you yeah. know, he lives uh, in New Jersey. Um, but uh, he's the kind of guy that he's he's there for you, man. When I told him how bad I messed up my back and I told him, and he's just, like, you know, he, he was the one, like, oh, let's get on a video call. I can show you some stuff. Sweet. So, I, yeah, he, he's I'm, a hell of a guy.
0: I'm actually friends with him on Facebook. I'm going to have to holler at him because what, what I liked about him, even though I noticed he was a physical therapist doing good things, he was at um, Ric Flair's last match. And just Crazy. seeing how he talked about it, how he generally felt happy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? To be a part of something like that, I could tell he was a good dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people, you could feel their energy just- Absolutely. A few, few words, man. With that Absolutely. being said, man, I don't want to hold you up all night, man, but it's been really great coming, talking with you tonight. But the very last segment is called Ring the Bell. Ring the Bell is right. really simple. It is that I give you 60 seconds. And you talk about anything. You can give somebody some inspirational words. You can just give me a macho promo. You can tell me what you ate today. You can promote yourself. Whatever you want to do. But macho man, you got 60 seconds. I need you to ring the bell. Ooh, yeah. Freak out,
1: freak out. Yeah, you're looking at it right here. Savage Midlife. If you haven't heard about it, you're hearing about it now. Check it out, Google it, do whatever you gotta do. But it's gonna be a hot movie with my hot co-star, Paula Abdul. And uh, I think she was giving much to googly eyes. Yeah, I think uh I think she's got a big time crush on the man. Yeah, I can't blame her. I see myself uh on camera. Wait, the uh, ladies' man. Yeah, move over, Brad Pitt. You ain't got nothing. I'm waiting to uh, collect my uh, Grammy and my uh, Oscar and all those awards. Yeah, even for the ones that aren't have anything to do with uh, acting. Yeah, sixty seconds is uh, just about done. Yes, right on
0: time. You guys heard that? Make sure you check out Savage. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. Yes, check out Savage Midlife. But I forgot one last question. This is a personal question for me. My man's, I gotta ask you this, because you gotta have a secret. Um, I'm, i I do radio as well, besides doing this wrestling commentary thing. So for five days a week, I'm using my throat. How do you how do you keep it warm, man? It gets you know what I'm talking about. It gets scratchy, yeah. especially when you get excited. How do you keep it? What do you do? Yeah,
1: man, you got a lot of energy, brother. You you definitely are using yours. Um You know what? The funny thing is with mine, the, the more that I do it the better it sounds so I don't want to like give it a rest because if I you know if I yell like you know right now this whole time I'm kind of talking you know kind of a, uh, you know it's kind of like half my voice half I'm, I'm kind of taking it easy on my voice you know what I mean but if I was to do the whole entire time and some days are like that when I'm in character the whole day at a convention or something like that and people want me to do videos and I'm doing I'm like you know really doing I'm like oh hi you know By the end of the day, man, when I'm trying to talk normal, I got this thing going on right here, and I like it. It kind of sounds cool when I go to the ladies and I say, hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. But um, the more that I do it, the better it sounds, and the more dehydrated I get, actually. It's funny that, like, I should be drinking plenty of fluids and this and that. The less that I take care of it, the better it sounds. But I also got to be smart, and I don't want to lose my voice either, because then I'm out of work. So. I don't know. I don't know how to, you know, I, I could only give you bad advice if how to make it sound cooler.
0: <laughs> I, I can't. It's all good, man. It's all good. But guy, thank you very much, Macho, man. One more time, if you give out your social media to everybody, if they want to book you or anything, could you give it out one more time?
1: Yeah, right now, everything is in a transition stage where, uh you know, I, like I said, I got a, a branding company and we're doing that, basically starting from scratch. So um right now, There's going to be some changes in my social media and everything, but I believe everything, we're going to try to keep everything the same across the board. So it'll be M-O-T-C-H-O period M-A-N-N. So we're going to try to do that. So when you put that into whether whether it's Twitter, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you're going to get all of my social media. So we're trying to keep it as simple as possible. But uh, as of right now, if you just type in, if you just go to Google or Siri and you say, hey, Siri, how you doing? Yeah. And you say Macho Man, but it's got to be spelt the right way. M-O-T-C-H-O-M-A-N-N. If you just Google
0: that or whatever, whatever stuff is out there will pop up. Sweet. Now, you you haven't ever had an issue with Vince or anybody with the name or anything, right? No, because...
1: um, the The macho man name is actually uh, the person that owns the whole estate is is Randy's uh, widow, okay. and um, you know, and I'm not using it's you know I spell it differently. Right, right, right. I don't call myself. I never say Randy. I don't say you know. I call myself Macho Man. I don't use mm-hmm. the name Savage. I was smart when I when I put this idea together, and uh, I got the greatest endorsement by by Lanny. Lanny, I had oh. I had a podcast at one time, and Lanny said that. First thing he said is that if Randy was alive today, he would love me. And my heart, absolutely like dropped hearing that. And then he said, I'm telling you now, if there's ever a movie or a biography or anything ever to be made, and I have a say in who plays my brother, I want it to be you. And I have him on on a podcast saying that, and I was just uh, speechless. So uh, I have his, you know, his family is a big supporter of what I do. And uh, there's never been any legal issues with, uh, you know, and I keep it, I keep it respectful. I can understand Mm -hmm. if I was going out there and being a goof and doing dumb shit under, under the, you know, likeness, but I absolutely don't,
0: don't do anything that's disrespectful at all. Salute, man. Well, you guys heard it. Like I said, make sure you book him. He, I mean, it is what it is. It's amazing. It's the macho man. Bring him to any event you guys got. Also, make sure you follow Savage Midlife so you, you can check out the upcoming movie. It's going to be amazing. And guys, as always, you know what to do. Check out my podcast each and every Friday. Check out Coach's Corner. Check out Railing, all on the Whip Show Podcast Network. We have some fun. Five-star Raiders, rate us, follow us, tweet us. You know what to do. See you next time. I'm out of here from Deshaun, Whip Dog, Whipple, and the Macho Man. We'll see you next time on the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders Podcast, aka The Whip Show. Take care, guys. All right. Thank you, everybody. Much. Thank you very much, dog. Before you go.